which will be mostly desserts, but I get to see you guys. And uh, so I know we've never done this on Pastor Appreciation, but uh, Tim and Harvey and I, uh, this, this will be fun for us. And you know what makes it fun is y'all. So uh, we see each other, we eat together all the time, and it's sort of boring and gets old, if you don't know the truth, but uh, Renita, it does. It's just like, I'm funny the first 20 or 30 hours, but after that, it's not so much funny anymore. I'm just me. So uh, that's a big deal. I think it's huge. You know, Mohan and Ronnie were here last week, and uh, I just want to give you a heads up on how important this is. You know, I believe they've been coming for almost 25 years, and uh, in Kelly's present, uh, recognizing them last week as our, one of the missionary people we support, uh, it's a big deal. Mohan, he does, he has planted hundreds of churches, he pastors, he oversees over almost 800, and uh, in the city he lives in, which is over 12 million people, he's the person who leads the Christian movement in Hyderabad and all the churches. He's not the biggest church. There's one church in town that has 200,000 people attend that place weekly, and Mohan walks with those guys, and he walks with the hundreds and hundreds of other churches. And, you know, India, you think there's that, oh, there's 200,000 people in that church. India must be all saved. No, they're not. It's like 2.5% of their population know the Lord, and it's mostly Hindu and Muslim and nothing. So, uh, but him coming here, taking the time to come here, guys, I want to tell you it's a prophetic statement from the Lord. God hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't forgotten us. He hasn't forgotten the dream he had before time began for this place and your families and our neighbors and this neighbor and this spread out across the state of Arkansas. You know, it's sort of interesting to me that we really feed a, a pretty big part of the nation, the farmers in Arkansas do. And I was just thinking about it because Christine is a farmer now. She doesn't really look like a farmer, but she is a farmer. And uh, it's like it's true. But you know what? It's true in the spiritual realm as well. God has called us to be a light to the nation and the nations. And just like our, the Delta, Mississippi Delta grows so much that brings life. I believe God's doing that in us. And so I think Mohan and Ronnie coming is a big deal. I think what you guys are doing is huge. Uh, the family picnic, the Grace family picnic we had a couple weeks ago, y'all inviting people, you coming, you loving people. It's like you express Jesus Christ well. You love well, you embrace people well, you, you encourage people well, you make an atmosphere that people can come into. Your work ethic at work makes a difference for the kingdom. It does. Though your faithfulness in your family makes a difference in the kingdom. It does. You know, all of those things, literally, when uh, we talk about that and, and we say, God, all I've got to give you is throw up my hands, that's not a put down, that's, a, that's, a, that's unbelievable because the truth is what, you, what God's given you to express his life on earth today is your hands and my hands. And that's how God brings glory and honor to himself is through his, us. You know who the body of Christ is, right? Y'all, us. You are the hands and feet of God. You're the voice of God in the world. Your arms are the arms of God that embrace the broken and the hurting and the needing. Your hand is the hand that welcomes and loves people. Your eyes are the eyes that look at people and see more in them than they see in themselves. You see, you are his hands and feet on earth today. 
Jesus told us what he's doing. He's seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven right now, ruling and reigning, so that he can live through you. And so today, I want to talk about uh, what may be the most powerful thing on earth. And I started this a few weeks ago, and it's the, the Lord's Prayer out of Matthew 6. But do you know what the disciples noticed? They could see a difference in Jesus' life from all the other rabbis and teachers and priests and everybody else. It's like Jesus didn't just talk, even though he did talk. You know, the, the Bible says that if all, everything Jesus did and said was written down, the books in the whole world wouldn't contain it. He did talk, but the power of God released through his life set him apart from everyone else. And his disciples, the men and women that walked with him daily, that saw the miracles, that saw the healings, that saw the forgiveness, they saw him not stone a woman called in adultery and release her and give her freedom and see something in her that nobody else saw. They saw him at the woman with the well. And they saw him with the lepers that the society pushed away. They saw Jesus forgiving people and setting them free from the reality of their lives. And I want to challenge you today, are you going to live by facts or are you going to live by faith? We live in a world that lives by facts. We even promote that above all, everything. And I want to tell you, there's a better way to live. Jesus lived by faith. And the disciples said, Jesus, we see you doing something that, that is a big deal. You see, somehow they connected prayer, Jesus praying with what made him different and so they said Jesus teach us how to pray we want to walk like you and Jesus said, oh okay I got gotcha. you and he they, they recorded in Matthew chapter 6 verse 9 and uh, that's the Lord's prayer and you guys know it right you're supposed to know it I got embarrassed when I was in college our football team uh, before we went on the field we were all in the dressing room and the coach would have, gather us all together and he'd have us recite the Lord's prayer and my roommate was Catholic, and so he knew the Lord's Prayer. I was sort of Baptist, so I didn't know the Lord's Prayer. And one day, we're, we're in this big, you know, there's like 70 of us, and we're in there, and Coach says, Alford, lead us in the Lord's Prayer. And I'm like, our, our, <laughs> and my roommate, thank God, was standing right beside me, Dennis Canova. He was an Italian Catholic. I said, so Dennis, he goes, our Father, our Father in heaven. No, he said, who art in heaven? You know, he did King James Version. And we made it through the Lord's Prayer, and I was sweating bullets. I didn't know that the secret, the most powerful thing on earth is found in the Lord's Prayer. The disciples knew it. That's why they asked Jesus. I didn't know. I just recited what Dennis told me and went out and uh, acted like a fool on the football field. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, and I'm not going to go into all that we talked about a few weeks ago. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. You know who Jesus said the bread was, right? It's what set him, got him in big trouble with the crowds. He said, guys, look, eat my flesh. I'm the bread. And we're like, they're like that, that's cannibalism. You can't eat. That's against every Jewish law there is. And he said, oh, by the way, don't just eat my flesh. Drink my blood. You know, which goes good with Halloween, right? 
that was really bad. It was like, I'm not going to show pictures of that because we have children here. Um, but it's just like, what are you saying, Jesus? Do you know that what you eat, when you eat, when you eat uh, rice or whatever you eat, that that actually becomes you? That literally that food you ate this morning turns into cells in your body. Is that not the weirdest thing ever? It's like this morning we had a sausage, gravy, biscuits at the usher's breakfast and eggs and stuff like that. And it's like it, that egg I ate becomes part of my flesh. It becomes me. Jesus, see, his, he had a dream before the world was created. We're going to read that passage. He had a dream. He wanted to live through your skin. See, when you do raise your hands, that's not a little gift. That's everything he's ever dreamed of. Was to live on this earth through us as we live through him. It's his presence in you. It's a spirit in us that lives and expresses in the world. So Jesus said he came so that he could live inside of us and become one with us. Is what John, the apostle John said. God's dream was to be one with you and me. And it happens as we Walk this out. So let's go on. I don't want to get distracted. Um, Give us today our daily bread. It's him. Forgive us our debts as we've also forgiven our debtors. We've already started talking about that today, right? Uh, Missy didn't know I was preaching this, but she talked about it with the communion. Forgive, 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 forgive. You know, he said forgive. Now, Jesus, he probably made a mistake, but he said forgive. That's a joke. That was sarcasm. He didn't make a mistake. He did it on purpose. He said forgive six times in the Lord's Prayer. Do you think it might be important? Do you know it's like the key of it? Maybe the key to the power of God being released in the world today is forgiveness. I don't think it's a maybe. I think forgiveness is the key to everything. And he said, forgive us our debts as we've been forgiven, as we've also forgiven our debtors. Well, that puts us all in a bind. <laughs> if you can only get, be forgiven as much as you've forgiven. Eh. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. There's something about forgiveness that's related to the evil one. And I want to hopefully paint a picture for that this morning. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. So you know what unforgiveness does? It puts you in bondage. Puts us in a box, in a cage. And we can't get out of that cage. And you know, in Colossians, Paul said this in Colossians 3.12, Bear with each other and forgive one another. Now, you guys have to bear with my preaching sometimes. I sort of confuse myself and bore myself sometimes. But y'all need to bear with me, right? That's what that means. It's like, you don't say bear with me whenever I'm making you happy. You don't say bear with me when everything's going perfect and you're getting exactly what you want. Bearing means there's something disturbing the waters in your life. There's something unpleasant about this. I'm having to bear, you know, I'm bearing those spotlights shining in my eyes. They're a little, you know, invasive. So he said, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you 
has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Forgive. When you read that, I want you to notice this. It's got forgive, which is in present tense, now. But you forgive as he forgave you. So your forgiveness isn't dependent upon you. It's dependent upon what he did. Our forgiveness begins way before any of us were ever born. Because God forgave you before you were born. And that's what Paul said. Paul said, listen, you forgive because you were forgiven. Uh, And that's hard for us mortals to understand because we live in the present tense. We don't understand eternity. But in God's economy and in heaven and in his world, he forgave us. He set us free. And he saw us as we really are before we ever were born. It's almost like in a, in a small way, it's the way parents dream about the child that's their, their care, that the mother's carrying. And they have dreams for that kid. And they, 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 they think about what the future is and what they're going to be like. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. Like, do you know that's how God saw us? Before you were ever born, He forgave you. He forgave you. So... Present tense forgive is driven, motivated, inspired, empowered by the forgiveness Jesus already did. And so we forgive because we were forgiving. And you know, I want, and I, I put this up there. It's, uh, I went the wrong way. There's that verse. Forgive. And I talked about this a couple weeks ago, and it, it blows my mind. I'm talking about it again. I've been thinking about it for months because it's so beautiful. That word forgive, the root of that word is the same word that God gave Moses when Moses was in the desert before he led the Israelites out of Egypt. God came to Moses in a burning bush. Y'all remember the story? And he, and he told Moses what to do. And then Moses said, but God... Who am I supposed to tell him sent me? Because Moses didn't know who he was talking to. Other than it was God. And God said, tell them that I am sent you. And in other places, God says, I am that I am. That's the the way God describes himself. You know, it's like Jesus is always, Jesus and God and Holy Spirit have always been. Their perfect life, their perfect relationships, their perfect logic and reason, it's who they are. It's their I am. And you know what the very root of forgiveness, that word forgive is, is emi in Greek, E-M-I. It's the word I am. And you know what that word means? I put it down there, the root, it's the name I am. And you know what it is? I hope you haven't forgotten whose image you were created in. Have you, have you, if you read the scripture, read Genesis 1, God said he created everything. And before he created anything, he forgave us to be who he created us to be. You see, because you and I were created in his image. 
you were created in I am's image. And when you forgive, you're doing the beautiful thing that I see some people able to do this in the prophetic realm and in parents. I see teachers that'll do it. Uh, and I, when I see people do it, it's always, it always catches my attention. It shocks me. You can see beauty in people before the beauty's there. You can see potential in people when maybe they're not having any. You can see a child who may be because of trauma or abuse or whatever, lack or neglect. You can see a child who everybody else is irritated by and you say, I love that kid. And I, I, you watch people embrace a kid like that. You know, you see it happen in all, play, all kinds of places. It's like you see them the way God sees them. And when you do that, you release them to become who they really are. And that's what forgiveness is. You know what forgiveness is? It's when you look at yourself and you don't look at the junk hanging all over you. You see yourself the way your father saw you before you were ever born. And you know what he saw you as? He saw you, you were created in his image. When you give him your flesh, he, he created that flesh. And it's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is when I believe by faith what he says about me rather than what I see about me. Does that make sense? Like I, you see I, see, I see my lack. I see my weakness. I see my bondages. I see my history. I see it all. And do you know how God sees me? Read Scripture. Do you say yes to what he says or do you say yes to the facts? Do you live by faith or do you live by facts? And when you believe who you really are, that's when you forgive yourself. Because you forgive others the way you've forgiven you. And if you don't forgive you, you can't forgive others. Are you seeing the potential, the life that Jesus himself put inside of someone? Maybe they've never seen it. Maybe all they've ever seen is the dirt and the slime and the, and the anger and the bitterness and the whatever. Maybe that's all they could ever see in themselves. And you look at them, you're like, oh, oh that's the beauty about prophetic gifting. That's why that's what will happen this morning. You want to hear who you really are? We'll have a ministry time and I'm going to have some people and they'll, they will tell you who God says you are. Then you can choose to believe it or you can believe the facts. Well, if you're a Christian, you've already decided to believe the Scripture over what the facts are. Or you can believe the facts. In Jesus' day, I love this, it was in Jesus' day, forgive, that word in uh, Greek was used in medical language to describe the relaxation of disease. Y'all know, y'all know, oh, it's like this. This is what I, I think of. Have uh, you ever had food poisoning? It, that's from the pits of hell. Have you ever been nauseated and been, had a stomach virus? You know that thing where there's something growing in your gut and it's going to come out. It's horrible, right? That's not who you are. That's an attack on who you are. And it's not a part of you. And you know, I think we look at the viruses, we look at the bondages in our life, and we say that's who we are, and Jesus the whole time is saying, forgive yourself. Release yourself from that fact 
and believe what I say about you. Because Jesus wants us to live by faith. Are you going to believe what he says? Or are you going to believe what you've experienced and what you've seen and what other people tell you? Well, but these are facts. Yes, facts aren't faith. Facts are facts. Faith is believing in the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And we live by faith. You know what releases the power of God in Jesus' life? Faith. Faith. He chose to believe what the Scripture said about him. He was on a journey for 30 years growing and believing and growing and growing. And at 30 years old, as an adult, he came into the world. He said, I am the Messiah. And everybody, what does brother and sisters do? The same thing that our brothers and sisters do sometimes, right? They're like, you're what? You're my brother. I've seen you. You need to come on home now and, be, and act like who you really are. No, Jesus lived by faith. He didn't live by the facts of who he really is. So who are you? Are you what Scripture says? Are you what Jesus says? Are you the life Jesus sees? Or are you what you see and what you hear and all that stuff? So there may be a, a disease attacking your flesh. It's attacking you. You know, there's only one good thing to do with the stomach virus, and that's get rid of it. Get rid of it. There's only one thing to do with disease. Get rid of it. Don't embrace it. You aren't that. You were created in God's image, and he has a purpose and a plan. And look at this. It'll, uh, it is. It's an invader look, intent on doing harm. I, I love this. This is who Jesus says you are, right? Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. How many spiritual blessings do you have? All of them. Don't read the Bible and think of, put it in your logic brain. Read it and put it in here. That's why we say those crazy things. I, I am uh, highly favored and blessed. What are those guys that can talk good say? You know what I mean? They say that stuff. I'm, I'm the head, not the tail. I'm the donkey and not the horse or something. They say stuff like that. And it's like, cool, but it's true. Every blessing in Christ Jesus, because it's not about what we do. It's about what he did. That's what we have faith in. Well, but I've fallen 5,000 times. Well, he, it's not, it's not about you. It's about him. This is all about Jesus. And then Paul says this. He chose you in Him before the world was created. Do you know your destiny, your purpose, who you are, the beauty that you are, was decided before anything was created? Before anything. That's who Jesus says you are. And our challenge is that we, have, we believe it. Or you believe the facts. He chose us to be holy and blameless in His sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. Just like Jesus was the Son of God, you're a Son of God. Male and female, we're sons of God. Just like, you know, in the Greek, that, that term there actually says born of, they, instead of using the word son like we would, they say born of the same womb. All right. You know, Jesus was perfectly fitted. His flesh was perfectly shaped for the presence of his Father. 
Do you know the same thing's true for us? You're the perfect flesh, skin, suit for the presence of God on earth. And he receives glory and honor through us. And it happens when we believe. Do you believe? That's when it happens. In him, in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood. How value, How much are you worth? I mean, really? Well, it's beyond value. You know, I love, there's a few passages, I love this. Uh, Matthew 25, he talks about, Jesus talks about the kingdom of God. He said, guys, he's given us pictures of what the kingdom of God is like. He said, here's what the kingdom of God is like all through this part of Matthew. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and he trusted his wealth to them. To the one he gave five bags of gold. And y'all know the story. Another one, two bags, another one, one bag. And he goes back after a time, comes back and... Uh, he wants, he wants a good return on his investment. You see, forgive us our debts. You know what? We have a debt. Because God invested a lot in each of us. His son. And he expects a return on his investment. Now you know what the enemy wants us to do? He wants to dig a hole in the ground and stick our head in it. Because we're ashamed of ourselves, we've judged ourselves, we've put ourselves down, we don't believe that we can ever make a difference, we don't believe we speak well enough, we're ashamed of our hair or lack of it or our skin or, or not having enough skin or having too much skin. And so we bury ourselves in the ground and we do it based on the facts that we have experienced or see or what's happened to us. We all do it. And Jesus said, guys, I invested a lot in you. And you know, it's funny. It's almost like uh, I see my, your flesh, my flesh and your flesh, our bodies, as a bag. And the bag is full of gold. It's invaluable. It's invaluable. And we think the bag's bad. No, this bag is, Jesus made this bag to hold the gold. You were created for his presence. You carry his presence in a unique way that no one on earth does besides you. You really do. And you know, the value of that bag of gold is really about the gold, isn't it? It's about the gold. That bag holds a lot of gold. And then uh, I like Ephesians chapter 3. Paul said, I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. And I pray that he would unveil within you. You see, we've got to realize this. God expresses his life through us. And it's not, we put ourselves down when the reality is we're the bag that holds the gold. Which makes us immensely important your flesh your skin your thoughts your body your being holds his presence and he says he wants to unveil within us the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power you see when you by faith agree with him it releases his power inside of you. And it all comes through faith. 
Do you believe who he says you are or are you fighting a battle because of who you know you are? And it is a battle. We have an enemy. There's an accuser of the brethren, right? And the, the end of, that, the, end of uh, the Lord's Prayer, he says, God, deliver us from the power of the evil one. You see, there's a battle going on. You see, your yes, it says in verse 17, then by constantly using your faith, Ephesians 3, 17, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you. How does God's life get released in you? Oh, by not making mistakes, by being perfect, by talking a certain way or being on stage or not on stage or wearing the right clothes, by no, by not having a history. I mean, some of our histories goes back, start, uh, we'd have to talk about this morning, <laughs> right? Y'all know what I mean? It's like some of our histories is 20 or 30 years back. Others of it is like 30 minutes ago. And some of it is going on right now. But the thing is, it doesn't matter because it's not released by your facts. It's released by faith. Believing who he says you are releases his power in your world. And you become a light to the nations. You become a spring of living water. You become the kind of person that can look at the most down, defeated, beat up, messed up person. And you can look them in the eye and say, you matter. You're good. You have a future. You're making a difference in this world. And you can, you can look them in the eye and see something inside of them. And you know what happens? When you agree, when your spirit says yes to what God's spirit says about them, it releases his power in their life. And now that becomes life-changing. Now the same thing's true when you agree with God about you. When I agree with God about me, the same thing's true. So I love this. I love the fact that by constantly using your faith. No, by constantly being good enough. No. By constantly being smarter than everybody else. No. By constantly being getting all my life in order and being logical and whatever and whatever. No. He says none of that. He says by using your faith, by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deeply inside of you. You're the perfect container for the presence of God. Now, you're not like my container. I mean, very few people have legs as pretty as mine are. But that's also a joke. It's a real joke. <laughs> but that, was, that, didn't, that went over like a lead brick. Um, and then when you start agreeing with God, when you say a big yes to Him about yourself and about others, then guess what He does? It becomes the very source and root of your life. And you can't be shaken. You can't be knocked off track. No one can convince you that they're evil and bad and beyond hope. No one can convince you that there's something wrong with you. When you root into God, the waves of this world, the storms of this world, the things that happen in our world cannot knock you off course. And you'll have a joy that comes from a supernatural source. So listen... Our yes to who we are and to who others are, that is what God's investment is. And he's looking for that. Have you buried your yes? Have you buried your forgiveness? 
for yourself? Have you buried it for others? Yeah, but they did. Facts or faith, your choice. And see, some of you are really gifted. I, I think it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, Peter in Matthew 18, 21, they ratted Peter out all the time. Here, you know, his brother Matthew that wrote Matthew, he's telling on Peter. Peter came to Jesus, and you know, Peter had a burr under his saddle, you know, he had a, a pea under his mattress, and a P-U-E, little P. That was, didn't go well. Then Peter came to Jesus, Matthew's telling him, read him out, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? He was being, putting himself on a pedestal, really, up to seven times? And Jesus is like, oh, no, 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 no. Seventy times seven times. And then he goes on to, to tell a story about forgiveness that I've told hundreds of times. You see, forgiveness is always about reality. If you're holding something in your heart against yourself, it's real. It's, it's not a... It's not a feeling, it's real. If you're holding something in your heart against me or anybody else, there's a fact behind what you're holding in your, in your heart. And it, so Jesus ta- tells about forgiveness and he talks about money because it's, it's hard, it's coins. And Jesus tells him. And it ends up, you all know this story, this man got forgiven by the Lord for 10,000 bags of gold. And then he comes. uh, He doesn't send them to prison. He lets them go. But then this guy that was forgiven 10,000 wouldn't forgive his friend for a very small thing for $1,000. And when when the Lord heard about it, he said, oh, no, 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 no. Because he said, if you won't forgive then you won't be forgiven. How powerful is forgiveness? You know, it's so powerful that when Jesus forgave us before the world was created, it's still impacting the world today. And it's going to win. His forgiveness is unstoppable. And the most powerful thing you'll ever do is, is forgive yourself. Say, so you agree with God about who you are. And let yourself Set yourself free from the judgment. You know, um, because we were created in his image. When I look at people, even if they're acting up, even if they're Hamas, whoever, horrible stuff, I see someone who was created in God's image. They're not acting like it. They're in bondage to a disease. And they may be killing, murdering, and stealing, and all kinds. But that's not who they are. Well, how can you forgive someone? I'm agreeing with God. But they're acting bad. Yep. I'm not saying it's not true. It is true. I'm not saying my past isn't true. It's true. I'm not saying my yesterday is not true. It's true. But that's not who I am. I'm going to say yes to him. A big yes. Alan, you're wonderful. Yes! Alan, you're forgiven. Yes! Alan, you have potential and future and a destiny and you don't have to stay in this rut anymore. Yes! 
I want to say a big yes. And I don't want to just say it for me. I want to say it for others. When I look at them, I want to say that. You know, faith is the key to everything. The key to your future depends upon your yes to God. And see, we thought it was yes about doing stuff. That's not what it's about. Your doing comes out of your being. That doesn't, your doing doesn't determine who you are. That determines what's, who you're saying yes to. It's his power in you and me that creates the doing. So I love that. Those who have doubts are condemned if they eat. But, and you know, you know what I see? I've seen this a, a lot of times. We have gifting. Uh, the more gifting you have, the more sensitive you are, the more aware you are. That's sort of a funny thing. Uh, I see it in people a lot. Like the more you can read facial expressions, the more you can pay attention to details. You know, you know what happens? The more we do that, the, more, the quicker we are to judge ourselves and to judge others. The gifting, the very gifting God gives us not to judge with, the very gifting leads us into temptation. You know, uh, that word temptation, I skipped over it, but it's a big word. It says, do not lead us into temptation. And you know, the Bible says, I wrote down that verse in James 1, 13. It says, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. You know what that word temptation means? It means to test through piercing. It's like to test something, to go to the very depths. Like, like I want to see what's in your heart. What is your heart? And so I go deeper and deeper and deeper down to the very depths of your heart to see. I want to see not who you're on the outside, not who you're pretending to be. I want to know who you really are. And that's that word testing. You test through piercing to the very depths of the deal. But you know, when God uses that word and says don't do it, to test literally means to test to determine the hidden value of something. Now we turn that into not finding value. We turn that into finding dirt. You see... What forgiveness is, it's saying, God, I want to go to the very depths of my humanity. Who am I? And God says, go to the very beginning, and you were created in my image. The deepest part of any human is going to, you're going to find the deepest part in their heart was created in God's image. And that is who they are. But you know what? When, when you're gifted... We test and we think otherwise. We think that God's here to expose the dirt. We think that God's here to set things right. No, God's here to, you're his son, you're his daughter. And he will never give in to who you think you are because of what happened to you or what you did. He would, no more than you would give in to your grandchildren saying that they're no good. You'll never give in to that. 
That's what temptation is. Temptation is coming, comes from the devil, the accuser of the brethren, who wants to tell you, judge yourself, judge yourself, judge yourself. And then, look, this is really holy, judge others. You know what's holy is agreeing with Jesus. He says that you're his son. He says you're his brother and your sister. He says you were born with him. And when he died, he puts you with him, seated in heaven. That's who Jesus says you are. And the enemy turns that around. And the very gift that he's given us to use to see how wonderful people are, we'll use it to condemn ourselves and to condemn others. And I see it happening. I remember the first time I heard that God here, I told you all that story. I, I didn't know, uh, when I gave my life to God, I went to Oklahoma, got a bolo tie for a wedding gift. And uh, I'm married, right? I've told you all this story. I have a motorcycle. I'm driving back and forth to school every day. And uh, Jeannie didn't like the motorcycle, but I'd been riding motorcycles since I was 10. And so to me, it's no big deal. Well, one day I go to school and I have two wrecks. I have one wreck on the way to school, which was, it wasn't a bad wreck. Could have been deadly, but it wasn't. And then on the way home, I have another wreck, which tore up my bike pretty good, but I still I wasn't dead. So I get home and I'm going to hide that from Jeannie because I knew she's going to, like now I've given her real reason to not like the motorcycle. And so I'm going to hide it and get it fixed and she'll never know. See, I wouldn't be lying because I wouldn't actually lie. I just wouldn't tell her. And I walk in the back door and I'm serious. Now I didn't know. She had used terms when we talked. We only had like three dates and got married, so I didn't know her very well. And she'd use terms like God spoke to me or I heard God, which in my world, you read the Bible and you only heard the Bible. You didn't hear God. And but, so I just thought she was Brazilian and, you know, they're foreigners. And they're weird anyway. So I didn't, whatever. Well, I walk in the back door that night and I've got my helmet under my arm with the face back because it was broken. I hit the concrete hard. And she's sitting at the counter and looked like she'd been crying all day. And in my little messed up brain, I instantly went through, who told her? How does she know? Nobody could have told her. I didn't call. Didn't The police didn't come. What? Why? I, I'm just in my mind. I'm just like. And then she said, God woke me up when you left this morning and said Satan was going to try to kill you today. Tell me what happened. Now, you know, you think I would be thankful. Wouldn't you be thankful having somebody praying for you? That is not what I thought. My first thought was, okay, maybe I wasn't honest with her about who I was before, you know, a month before I met her. <laughs> maybe I wasn't totally honest. Maybe I didn't tell her my past. I looked like a preacher, I dressed like a preacher, I had a nice car, I was going to Bible college to be a preacher. I didn't bother telling her that stuff. And my first thought was, oh my God, what else did he tell her? <laughs> I, I think I'm about to get divorced. I'm busted. That was really what I thought, because in my mind, God always points out the bad. No. You know what he did before she married me, which I didn't, I didn't know this stuff existed. Uh, on our first or second date, I don't remember, she had a vision from God. 
and she saw what she saw me the way he sees me, even though that's not who I was. I mean, at that point, that wasn't how I was. But she, that's who she, she thought she was marrying. <laughs> I was like, okay, 30, 40 years later, I'm getting closer. <laughs> right? But right then I wasn't. I was still mean, selfish. I don't know. Everything, I wasn't, but God didn't see me the way I acted. He saw, he sees you differently than you see yourself. I know he does. And you need to forgive yourself, which only means saying yes to him. He sees you as you really are, not as you're whatever. Forgiveness is the most powerful thing on earth. And it begins right here. Because if you can't forgive yourself, you cannot forgive others. And if you don't forgive yourself, you're stuck in that bondage that you're in. And you'll never get out. So it's, is it a huge thing? It's a big thing. This morning, I'd like to, to see God help us. So I, I pray every day, God, help me to see people the way you see them. And sometimes when I do freedom prayer with people... It's just like hitting my head against a concrete wall because they're, they're so convinced of how bad they are and how messed up they are and how worthless they are that it's like, it's just like, I, I don't know. I just have a really thick forehead and I'm not going to give up. I believe in you, even if you don't. Well, what good is that? I just sort of like agreeing with God. He's smart. Way smarter than you guys. Way smarter than me. And we think we know how he is. I want to tell you, he never, it's the enemy that is the accuser of the brethren. That's what it says in Revelations. He's the accuser, not God. You know who God accuses you of? He accuses you of being worth it, valuable. You were absolutely worth the life of his son. That's who God says you are. How about it's time for you to let yourself go and agree with him? Be a good idea. Let's all stand up. We have a, You can stand up. Uh, uh, dad joke loading. That was a dad joke. My perfect daughter-in-law. For, who's, for the presence of God. Not perfect by our definition by his definition so this morning uh, I believe that we need to do some business we've been talking about forgiveness all day uh, had a great testimony about forgiveness uh, have any of you experienced like this week the power of forgiveness something real in your life would you raise your hand wow I only know about three people I was expecting three hands You've got something to give away if you've experienced it. You do. So Jesus wants to help you today. He wants us not to leave here judging ourselves anymore. Done. Done with that. I say yes to him. So let's pray. And uh, these guys are up here to pray with you. They want to help you. Maybe you just need to hear what God's, how God sees you. It'll change your life.
So Jesus, I just thank you for uh, what you did, how you forgave us before you even created the world. God, I thank you that how you see each one of us is more powerful than anything we could ever do or accomplish. So God, I just, I just ask you to come right now. So God, would you show each of us is there some place in our heart that we need to forgive ourselves? God, that we need to let that go and by faith believe what you say. Holy Spirit, I just thank you for being here today, that you're setting captives free here and uh, through the internet, God, that today all over the world, forgiveness is flowing through your people. And God, help us to be a people of forgiveness. To see the good, to see the best inside of people. I just thank you, King. So uh, if you'd like somebody to pray with you, these guys are up here to pray with you. And uh, if you have a problem with forgiving yourself, talk to somebody here. Talk to one of the pastors. Uh, don't take it lightly. It really is the most powerful thing on earth. It really is. Amen. All right, don't forget, we're having a potluck it's going to be fun. So uh, it's two weeks, right? Yeah, two weeks. So uh, if you can come, come make it and we'll have a good time together. Okay. God bless you guys.